Welcome to Know Your Bible, a program presented by the Churches of Christ and devoted to helping you understand God's Word. The Bible is a book inspired by God that contains answers to your questions. The Bible reveals Jesus and explains His sacrifice, contains God's plan for the family, and timeless principles of parenting. Also has the truth about life and death. The Bible contains great financial advice and also answers questions of morality. Join us as we look for answers to your questions and help you know your Bible. Welcome back to Know Your Bible. I'm glad you've joined us today to study the Bible. and That's what we do for 30 minutes each week is try to answer as many of your questions as we can. If you're a first-time Know Your Bible viewer, explain how we do things. There's a phone number and a website at the bottom of the screen. You can use those anytime to get in touch with us. Let us know what you wondered about, uh, some question about what's in the Bible or where it is or a specific verse or a doctrine. Uh, we get all kinds of questions, and we try to answer them as quickly as we can. So give us your questions, and we'll get to them. Let me introduce my partner, Toby Levering. Good morning, Toby. Hi, Steve. Glad you're back and ready to go. I'm Steve Tandy, and we're going to try to answer a few of your questions today. We always start with one for you, however, see if you know a little bit of Bible. And here's a question for you. Which angel made the announcement to Mary? So the name of the angel that told Mary she was going to have the Son of God. All right, I drew the first one today, and it's kind of a gory question, but we answer what our viewers ask. So this viewer wanted to know who fell down and his insides came out. Well, that actually happened. Uh, Judas was the fellow, of course. And not only will we answer that when we look at the verses, but we'll answer another question. Some people claim uh, that there's two accounts of how Judas died. Uh, some people want to, we've been asked before, well, which one is true? Which way did Judas, Judas die? And uh, the fact is, if it's in the Bible, they're both true. Uh, we just have to think about it and reconcile them. So I'll show you those two verses. Uh, here's what happened to Judas, the fellow that betrayed Jesus. First in Matthew 27 and 5, it says that Judas threw down the pieces of silver into the temple. He departed and he went and hanged himself. All right, so he died by hanging, is what Matthew 27, 5 says. But then when the story is being told in Acts, Acts one eighteen says that Judas was falling headlong. He burst open in the middle, and all his bowels gushed out. There's the gory verse. Uh, well, which one is true? Well, they're both true. Uh, he hung himself, evidently, over a cliff or by a cliff. And at some point, either the rope broke, the limb broke, uh, something happened uh, where he fell off of where he had been hanged and fell down the cliff and died in that uh, kind of horrible manner. So uh, that's what happened to Judas. He was the one that hanged himself and eventually fell off the cliff or hill or whatever it was and died in that field and they buried him and called it the potter's field after that. So that's the story of Judas, as gross as it is. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever asked the question about prayer? When other people pray for our family, does God listen? And uh, my answer to that is he absolutely does. Uh, we there There are different 
things that you can do as you pray. You can pray to adore God and, and, and re revere His holiness and His majesty. You can pray to confess sin or to repent of sin, turn away from it, apologize for it, ask for the Lord's forgiveness. Uh, you can <clears throat> pray to be thankful. You can, if you've experienced a blessing, some things that you asked for previously has happened, you can uh, just, or just simply show gratitude to the Lord for your <laughs> blessings. But there's another thing you can do <clears throat> in prayer called uh, supplication, which is where you're asking for something, and that can be for yourself or it can be for someone else. And so when, when people supplicate, uh, when people pray a prayer of supplication for you or for your family, uh, yes, that very much has an effect. In fact, we're encouraged to continue to pray for all the Lord's people, um, to, to uh, pray for one another as part of the body of Christ. So that's an important thing to do, and uh, certainly it is effective. We know it's effective because uh, I know I have, I know Steve has. If you've been a Christian long enough, you've seen the power uh, of prayer. And of course, the power is not in the prayer itself, it's in the the prayer is the connection to the Lord. That's where the power is, and prayer is that connection. So uh, when you pray, uh, just pray in faith, and, uh, and God will answer it exactly in the right way. James is very clear about the power of prayer, and, and I wanted to leave you with this verse to remind you of what his promise was. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is, is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So yes, prayer works. Prayer works because God works. And when people pray for your family, I'm confident uh, that it is powerful and effective, just as James said. All right, thank you. Good answer. And I've put a couple of questions together about prayer here, but we seem to get a lot all at once. And this one says, I often have prayers in my mind that I don't speak out loud. But does the Lord hear and know what my prayer is? Well, uh, I can answer that definitely. The Lord hears your prayer. Let me give you a couple of verses that should reassure you and uh, show you that God does hear your prayer, even if you don't speak it out loud. Psalm 94.11 is one of them. It says, The Lord knows the thoughts of man. So if you're thinking prayers in your head, uh, the Lord knows it. Psalm 139, verses 1 and 2 David said, O oh Lord, you have searched me and know me. <clears throat> you know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. So David knew that God knew his thoughts uh, from where God is. He knew what David was thinking. So, obviously, the answer is yes. Uh, the Lord knows your prayers when you think them. And now that lives rise to another question. Uh, if he can know what we're thinking, why do we ever speak a prayer out loud? Uh, why would we take time to verbalize them? Uh, well, I think there's a couple of reasons at least. One is that it's good for other people. There are certain situations, uh, public worship or family around the table or uh, children before bed or whatever. It's 
good for everybody to verbalize the prayer, to pray together, to unite their thoughts in prayer. Uh, so even though God knows what we're thinking, uh, there's a very good reason to express those thoughts verbally. Uh, the other is it's good for us sometimes, even if we're alone, uh, to pray out loud, to put voice to it uh, seems to make it more real in some way. It helps us uh, really formulate our thoughts if we have to put them into words uh, instead of just thinking them. So I think verbal prayer is very good for us, uh, even though, as our viewer noted, God knows what we're thinking anyway. So pray silently, pray out loud, pray in corporate situations. Uh, in fact, pray all the time would be a pretty good idea. So, yes, God hears your prayers. We take just a moment and invite you to study the Bible a little differently than we do here on the program. We answer one or two questions that somebody has and hope that helps you know your Bible. Uh, but studying the Bible as a book, as a revelation from God, is different than just answering trivia questions and even important questions. But a lot of people have trouble getting started in Bible study, and that's why we've come up with some very different tools that will help you do that. Uh, we've got some courses that we'll send to you in the mail. Here's the first one. It's for eight lessons. And the first lesson there on the left, the Old Testament. The second lesson is the New Testament. And that's how you get started in understanding your Bible. And then we've got some more advanced courses that we're happy to keep sending you for quite a while. You can study the Bible for a long time with Know Your Bible Study Tools. And if you don't want to wait for the mail or do it on paper, we've got some online courses that you can sign up for. Uh, log in to oneway.worldbibleschool.org and tell them you'd like to study online and somebody will get in touch with you and you can start using your uh, phone or your tablet or your uh, laptop and just study away. So a uh, great way to study the Bible. We've got all those tools available. All of them are free, no charge to you for anything. So if you want to know more about your Bible, give us a call or log on to the website at the bottom of the screen. We'll fix you up with some Bible study. Okay, another prayer question, which we're happy to receive and answer all these. This is about the Lord's Prayer. Was the Lord's Prayer only for the apostles, or can anyone use it? And my answer to that is yes. Uh, I Initially, when it was given, uh, it was, I think, uh, it's part of uh, what we commonly refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus was speaking, and there's more to it than that. He's giving instructions on how to pray. Elsewhere, uh, Jesus was asked by his disciples, teach us to pray. I mean, they obviously saw Jesus doing it very often. He would often spend entire nights in prayer, and they were saying, well, show us how to do that. Um, so if you look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 15, roughly, Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13, you, you can see Jesus' teaching on prayer. Now... In that, he gives us a model, uh, a template, an example, if you will, for how to pray. And I think we can go too far with that. That's not the only way to pray. Jesus certainly prayed differently than that. The apostles certainly prayed differently than just that particular model. Jesus is teaching them to think about some things as you pray. And so... Uh, 
let's look at that one on the screen from Matthew chapter 6, 9 through 13. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Okay, when we just hold that on the screen for just a moment, we, we look at that model and we see several elements that I think are good to think about. First is the acknowledgement and the reverence of God. You understand, you're not just talking to anyone. You're not just talking to your buddy, your pal. You're talking to the Creator of heaven and earth who's been around for eternity, who preceded you, who's here right now, and who, who will be here long after you're gone. And He uh, is in every way holy and majestic and righteous. Uh, the, the, the seraphim surround Him all the time for all eternity, pronouncing His name as holy, holy, holy. And so we enter that prayer with a sense of His holiness and His reverence. We acknowledge who we are coming to the presence of. Then we say, Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're saying, We bend our will to You. We want Your will to be done. Now, there's a difference between my will and God's will. And we're saying in prayer, We bend our will to Yours. We ask for different things, and that's the next part. Uh, give us today our daily bread. We ask for the things that we need. We ask for the spiritual things that we need, forgiveness of sins. Uh, we remind that we have a responsibility to forgive others, and we ask to be kept from temptation so that we'll not get into evil. All right, those are all good things to pray for, and it gives us some things, just some points to think about as we go along in prayer. The, the reverence of God, the holiness of God, our physical needs, our spiritual needs, other people. Uh, the, this gives us things to think about. So it's a sermon that kind of keeps, uh, teaches all followers of Jesus how to pray and some things to think about as you pray. Anyone may use it, and uh, I know there are some people that rigidly recite it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as you are doing that sincerely and not just repeating a phrase after phrase and 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 the, the what Jesus called that was babbling in fact he says right before he says that prayer when you pray do not keep on babbling like pagans for they think they will be heard because of their many words and some people pray that prayer and they just do it rigidly they do it out of recitation they've done it so many times they do it without thinking and that's that's problematic okay this is not just a a cookie-cutter prayer that's just to be repeated endlessly and mindlessly. No, Jesus was giving us a model for how to engage our hearts and our minds in prayer with the Father. So, yes, it's a good model. Uh, we should uh, use it as an example. But it's, it's a model of how to pray, not a precise pattern of what to say to be recited rigidly or meaninglessly. So, uh, as you pray, do so with sincerity. Use your, your own words and do also with reverence. I hope that helps you a little bit. All righty. Thank you. We've got a question about the Churches of Christ to sponsor this show. Uh, viewer asks, why does the Church of Christ not have music? Uh, well, that's a common misstatement, and I understand what the viewer is asking. Uh, Church of Christ does have music. We think it has very good music, but there are two kinds of music. Uh, 
Uh, there's instrumental music and there's vocal music or a cappella music and uh, the church Christ does not use instrumental music so uh, we do have music but it is what the world calls a cappella uh, which actually means church music by the way if you want to know the history of that word it's music of the chapel uh, and it's called that because for hundreds of years uh, all Christians sang without instruments, as our viewer says, without music. Uh, they sang a cappella. They sung with their voices, and that is all. And that was the way for hundreds and hundreds of years, and uh, people didn't like it when some churches started adding instruments and uh, called it a tool of the devil and all sorts of things. So there's a lot of history to instrumental music that's interesting. Uh, so we cleared up that misstatement. Church Christ does have music. We just use vocal music or church music, a cappella. Uh, but our viewer wanted to know why we do that. And to do that, you need to understand the philosophy of Churches of Christ, our reason for being, really, uh, is we believe that, well, we know Christianity is not unified. Uh, there are so many different splinters and groups and divisions and denominations uh, that the world gets confused. They look at this thing called Christianity and they say, man, I, they, they can't even get along with each other. So our solution to that or the way we think about it is the only way for Christians to ever be unified is to throw out all the conventions of men, all the creeds and statements of faith and everything, and just follow the Bible. And just do what the New Testament says and let it go at that. Uh, now, that's a simple concept. It's not easy. It's hard to do that. But we really believe that's the only way that Christians could ever be unified, is just do what the Bible says. So, once you understand that philosophy... If you read the New Testament, you can't find Christians worshiping with instrumental music. They just sang. Uh, there's verses like Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 19. Let's look at that together. Uh, Paul told Christians in Ephesus, address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the, heart, to the Lord in your heart. So, Paul told us to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual song if your philosophy is the only way to be unified is just do what the Bible says well you read that verse and you just sing you don't sing and play instruments you just sing now I know that sounds odd to some people they, they don't understand that distinction uh, but we're serious about trying to be unified to be one in Christ and we think that's one way to do it let me add this uh, when I said some people think that's odd, uh, it's only been odd for just a little bit of history. For almost all of Christian history, uh, vocal music, a cappella music, was the standard. And there are still lots of people beyond the Churches of Christ. Uh, the Orthodox Church still practices a cappella music. Uh, a lot of other people do. So it's not that odd way not that odd in history and today it's still not as unique as some people think but uh, church Christ does have music we think it's very good music and uh, we think for sure that it pleases God
instrumental music? That's another question about whether that pleases God or not, since we can't find it in the New Testament. So hope that answers your question. May invite you to visit the Church of Christ sometime. If you've never heard uh, good a cappella music at church, it may be a little shocking to you at first, but come here some. Uh, Northside Church of Christ here in Wichita, the home church of Know Your Bible, is a great place to visit if you're interested in finding what a Church of Christ is like. Uh, we'd be happy to have you anytime at uh, worship at Northside, 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. And you'd hear some pretty good a cappella music singing, I think. So, uh, the Church of Christ near you in whatever community you're watching in, probably. Uh, drop in and visit them sometime. Tell them you heard about them on Know Your Bible. Uh, if you know a member of some Church of Christ in your area, tell them, hey, I was watching a program the other day that talked about you guys. Uh, know Your Bible. It's a good program. So let them know that you watch, and we're thankful that you're watching. I know your Bible, we have viewers of all ages, and uh, we have today a question from a child, and we always appreciate questions from all our viewers, but certainly from children. Uh, this child asks, uh, what do you do if someone you love doesn't make it to heaven? Won't you feel bad about it? Well, uh, first of all, I, I, to this young child, I appreciate very much your heart. Uh, that, that is exactly the right heart to have, and, and you should know that God also uh, does not want anyone to not be in heaven with him eternally and uh, when a person passes away God will make exactly the right decision he will and uh, we just have to trust him on that and uh, of course God has done everything in the world to make sure that you and I and Mr. Steve and all of us watching get to heaven but there's one thing that God won't do he won't force us to go there we have to choose we have to choose to follow His Son, Jesus, and His Son, Jesus, is the only way to get into heaven. And uh, so each person has to make that choice, and we obviously hope that they make the right choice and and uh, that He, uh, if they choose to follow Jesus, uh, that's heaven is their goal and their destination. And um, so I appreciate your heart very much, and you need to know that God shares your heart and he wants everybody in heaven as well. In fact, a verse that you might know or might have heard of, uh, John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Uh, God loves us all very much. He loves you very much. And He wants you in heaven. He wants your parents in heaven. And he wants all of us to be there. And that's why He sent His Son. And so we want to seek Jesus in all that we do and be faithful to Him. And God will, with everyone else, God will sort that out and He'll make exactly the right decision. Thank you for your question. All right. Viewer wants to know, how did Jesus die on the cross? And this is one of those questions that uh, we're never quite sure exactly what our viewer wanted to know. I don't think it's a theological question which it could be, how could Jesus, the Son of God, die on a cross? I don't think that's what our viewers after. If it is, call back in and let us know. But I assume it's a more of a medical question. How did Jesus die? What, what really killed him on the cross? And good question. Uh, he had suffered so much trauma. There's probably a lot of options for what he died from. Uh, he had been beaten with 39 lashes. He had been tortured all night. Uh, he was in bad physical shape. 
the medical specialists tell us that most crucifixions uh, ended uh, by men dying from suffocation. Uh, they had to hold themselves up with their arms and their hands against the cross. Uh, and sometimes their feet, they could push against the nails and hold themselves up. But eventually their muscles got so fatigued that they, they couldn't hold themselves up. They would fall forward uh, and not be able to get a breath, not be able to breathe. So uh, the experts tell us that most people on a cross died from suffocation. Uh, couldn't get enough breath into their lungs to keep them alive. So we don't know exactly how Jesus died. Uh, we know he died willingly. We know he gave up his spirit for us. Uh, that's what really matters is the spiritual how of it instead of the medical how of it. But uh, if that's what our viewers are asking, I hope that helps. Okay, uh, this viewer asked a question about a phrase we find, and that is, does the Bible say... Don't cast your pearls before swine. And yes, the Bible does say that. And of course, different translations say it slightly differently. But uh, yes, it's found in Matthew chapter 7 um, and verse 6. We'll just look at it on the screen. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. All right, well, that's kind of an interesting visual picture, and what, what exactly is Jesus talking about here? I, I, generally speaking, I believe he's talking about uh, to his disciples about using discernment and discretion in how you share the good news about Jesus and his kingdom and how you teach people. Uh, there are people who come to you and genuinely have a desire to know. They have a desire to learn and grow. They have a very humble, open heart. They have a very teachable, uh, coachable mind. They're ready to learn. So sometimes we get questions on Know Your Bible that are similar to that. People ask us, and they sincerely want to know. They're trying to grow in their knowledge of the Word. They're trying to understand to a deeper degree. They're trying to enhance their walk with Jesus. We appreciate those kind of questions. Then there are some other types of questions that are, are sort of passive-aggressive questions, right? They're just asking the question. They don't really want to hear the answer. They just want to argue and debate. And, and, and there are people like that. They, they, they don't really want to hear about Jesus, and they don't want to hear about how to live a transformed life. They're not concerned with that. They just sort of want to goad you. They just want to play devil's advocate, and, and, and they have no desire to learn and teach you. There are people like that today. There are people that like that in Jesus' day. And, and Jesus is essentially saying, look, when you're a disciple, you've got to use some wisdom in thinking about the kind of people, the heart of the people who are asking you and seeking to know. So don't cast your pearls, don't cast this great valuable thing that you have to people that don't understand the value. And I think that's good wisdom all the way across the board uh, for them then and then for us today. So hope that helps you. Alrighty, I was thinking that verse doesn't mean much to people that have just seen docile little pigs yep. at the petting zoo. Correct. If you've ever been around a wild dog, yeah, <laughs> you know what that means. Yep. Uh, one of my friends was out hunting one time and got chased up on an old tractor by a wild hog. And, <laughs> 
<laughs> he was trapped there a long time. The hog wanted a piece of him. So uh, that's what Jesus was talking about. Hogs are mean sometimes. All right, uh, let's make sure we get our trivia question answered. Which angel made the announcement to Mary? And that was Gabriel. Actually, there's only two angels that we know their name, and Gabriel is one of them. Michael's the other one. Glad you've been with us today, and hope we get to your question. We hope you come back next week. Till then, you have a great week. Know Your Bible has been presented by the Churches of Christ in your area. Churches of Christ are non-denominational, and each congregation is an independent group of Christians seeking to do God's will. Our goal is simple New Testament Christianity. We follow the Bible as our only guide. Contact us with any questions, and we encourage you to visit a Church of Christ near you.